We're going to get this started now on the uh, podcast and the Facebook Live as we are waiting on 1630 to come online with us. I wanted to start the podcast actually before even our introduction tonight, and that is with a call to prayer. Uh, we really need to pray, and we need to pray hard for our country uh, for a couple of reasons. One, this whole COVID thing, you know, they've raised here in Dallas County, they've raised the threat level from orange back to red uh, because of a little spike. The fear that has been infused into this really is unnecessary. Uh, it's been a political weapon now for a while. We have presidential elections that we need to uh, really pray about. Uh, there's a lot of things that's weighing in the balance of our great country. And so we really need to have a call to prayer. And I want to call everyone, everyone that's listening to this podcast, either on 1630 AM or on our Facebook audience or on our podcast platform audience, to please spend some time in prayer for the United States of America, for this COVID mess, if you please. Uh, the fear that has been instilled into this. It's just got, it's got to go. We need to get back to life as usual as it was. We need to get back to church and to revival. Uh, we've got several governors that still are trying to hold churches down and not allow them to have services because of the fear of COVID. So I would like again to make an appeal at the opening of this podcast, of our True North podcast, if you would please spend some time in prayer for our election, for the United States of America, that God bless America. All right? I, I really would appreciate that. So let's go ahead and get at this podcast started uh, with our intro. Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining, joining True North, North podcast. podcast. With Thank, Thank you, you for, for joining... joining there we go. We'll get the right cue up. <clears throat> Welcome to True North Podcast, where we search for True North. When you find direction and simple truths of God's Word, you will find your way to blessing and favor. This podcast was brought to you by friends and supporters of Salt Rock Church in Irving, Texas. Now, now let's, let's join, join Pastor, Pastor Schneider, Schneider as, as we, we find, find a new direction and a new dimension in our relationship with God. All right, all right, all right. Here we go, folks. We're going to get this podcast off to a good start. We're excited about what we're going to talk about tonight. True repentance. What is that? What is true repentance? We're going to get into that a little bit of what not only the, the Word of God says about true repentance, but... We're going to talk about, is it necessary? Is it essential? Should we do it? Yeah, we feel sorry for things that we've done. So let's uh, let's get it together. Text somebody. Let them know that we're on at 1630 AM. We're on Facebook Live at facebook.com forward slash SRC Irving on our church page. And it's going to be a great time tonight. So let's do this. We opened with our podcast with a call to prayer. We really need to be praying for the United States of America with the COVID thing, the fear that's been infused in that, as well as the election coming up. So we really need to spend some time in prayer with that, and I appreciate if you'd join us. We're, uh, we're going to launch here in just a few minutes. we got some great things that are happening at Solid Rock this the October 30, I started to say this thir uh, this Saturday, October the 31st, we have a phenomenal event planned, and it's all free. It is our fall festival. We've got Impact Drivers Car Club. We have Trunk or Treat. We have games. We have hay rides. We're going to be giving safely giving away hot dogs, chips, and water. 
uh, just go, we just need to go in and register so we know how many people is coming. But we want to invite your family out October the 31st, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Join us for a very safe, COVID-friendly event and bring your family out. We're going to load your kids up with sugar, lots of candy and fun and friends. It's going to be a, a great family event. So don't forget to mark your calendars, October 31st, starting at 4 p.m. Also, you need to come out and pay us a visit. Man, did we ever have some great church this past Sunday. 10 o'clock, or actually our cafe is open at 9. 10 o'clock, we start all of our classes of all ages, uh, Kids Zone, Next Level Youth, uh, Leveled Up Hyphen, and of course the adults in the worship area, all learning about the Word of God. You don't want to miss that. And then of course at 11 o'clock is when we really start the worship and the praise. All right, let's get into this tonight. We're excited about what God uh, is doing among us. Uh, before we launch into our study tonight and what we're going to be talking about, which is true repentance and what is true repentance, uh, I also want to let you know that we got some contact information that we would like to share. Uh, people has been calling about the fall festival, and so that that is a good thing. 214 519-9904 is the number to call for Solid Rock Church, or if you'd like to get a hold of me, discuss some things, ask some questions, be happy to talk with you. Also, if you'd like to shoot me an email at pastor at srcdfw, Solid Rock Church, dallasfortworth.com, srcdfw.com is the email to give us or send it to uh, me personally, and I will be glad to answer that email, connect with you. Uh, also, you can join our group on Facebook called True North Podcast. I'd love to have you. After last week's podcast, we had several people that took us up on that offer and uh, uh, asked for the invitation to get in. We approved them, got them in, and so our audience there on Facebook is growing. Like our page at SRC uh, Irving on Facebook. It'll be a wonderful time. So again, let's let's dive into the Word of God and let's talk about true repentance. And this is a little bit about what I uh, preached about this past Sunday. The message, in fact, if you'd like to see the message, experience the message, it was the crown of favor. And we talked about King Saul and King David uh, and led into the subject of repentance. It, it was a great time, very anointed of God, a very anointed word uh, for us that day. In fact, we had one receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, several in the altar uh, uh, repenting and uh, getting some things out before the Lord. And so uh, it's a, it's, it was a great, great, great time. We got baptisms lined up for next Sunday, so next Sunday is going to be proven out to be a very, very good time. And so uh, I'm going to take a little bit out of that uh, message uh, this past Sunday, and I'm going to infuse it into what we're talking about. And I, I just thought uh, it would be a good time, especially in the timing of events that's happening right now. Um, now, we've had some, some so how do I label this, some preachers in the past uh, – you know, when 9-11 took place and the towers came down in New York City and Pentagon got hit, uh, all those people died. Some preachers came out and said, that's the judgment of God on America. Uh, no, it's it's just bad people doing bad things, and a lot of people were effective, affected. Uh, yes, God is going to judge the world. Um, and so I, I'm not necessarily on the wagon that when horrible things like that uh, happen that it is the judgment of God upon a nation. Although, again, if you study the Bible, that does happen. God did do that. However, with the turn of events that is happening in our world today, what I really want to point us to tonight in this podcast is the fact that what's happening is not necessarily the judgment of God upon a nation as much as it is biblical prophecy taking place as in the book of Revelation, as in the Gospels, when Jesus said that when he, you know, he's going to return, 
and he named some things. There were things like children rising up against parents. Uh, It just labels all kinds of events that literally, ladies and gentlemen, if you lay out a Bible next to a newspaper, it pretty much reads the same, especially when it comes to events. So again, thinking about the fact that we have biblical prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. The Bible says in the last days, there will be a cry for peace. Our president is up for three Nobel Peace nominations, Peace Prize nominations. So and that's good. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm really happy that he was able to negotiate uh, those peace deals, uh, especially in this hour. But it means something, folks. And, of course, all of the junk. The Bible says in the last days that there will be uh, earthquakes in divers places or strange places, that disease and sickness is going to come up. Well, we've got COVID. Now, again, it has been weaponized politically. But it is a nasty, nasty virus that we've never heard of before. And so, again, a lot of things are pointing. And I I, please, for our audience on Facebook and our podcast platforms, as well as our 1630 audience, do not take this as a prophet of doom and gloom, and and I'm trying to scare the living uh, hoorah out of you. I, I I really want to get your attention on what's happening in our world and where we are, and then I want to connect it or relay it to where is your relationship with God? Are we we really ready to meet the Lord? Are we really ready to stand before God? Now, you've, you've heard a lot of preachers talk about the blessing of the Lord. I'm one of them. I preach heavily on the blessing and the favor of God. Preached about it Sunday, about the the crown of favor. We need to get the favor of God in our life. We need to have the blessing of the Lord. And of course, more than anything, we should want to be pleasing in God's eyes. As David is the apple of God's eyes, so should we be. But are we there? Let, let's uh, again. I I want to not only come after your heart with the Word of God and come after your heart with the Spirit of God, but I want to hit you in the mind and get you thinking tonight of where we are in our relationship with God. Are we doing everything necessary to do to live for God? And not only to be blessed and to have favor while we're alive on this earth, but what's going to happen after Jesus comes? What happens if we, and again, not doom and gloom, don't get me wrong, just let's think about this. Let's, let's really dive into some good thought. What's going to happen if we go to bed tonight and die in our sleep? Where are we going? You know, everybody, again, everybody, well, I'm going to heaven. Are we? Are we really ready to meet Jesus? And again, I'm going after your mind tonight. I want you to think about where you are. So what is what is the step or a step? Now, there's several steps, but what is the beginning step in getting ourselves in line and right with God? You know, the Bible says that in the last days, and here's another another uh, biblical prophecy that in the last days, God said, men's hearts are going to fail them because of fear. Men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Uh, folks, this whole COVID thing, yes, the virus is real, but they have infused fear into this virus and what's going on. It is a nasty virus, but it has a 90, what, 98, 99% success rate. So nobody wants to get it. Nobody wants to get that sick, but a lot of people are surviving it. And so live wise. Uh, here's, here's what I tell our solid rockers. Live wise, uh, live careful, don't live in fear because the, the God does not want us to live in fear. He wants us to live in the blessing and the joy of his spirit. 
So how do we get there? How do we get the load? And of course, last week we talked about uh, mental health. We talked about where our emotions are. And again, it all really ties together with the cares of this world, the things that are going on, the unknown, men's hearts are failing them because of fear, all of the fear that's been infused in us, uh, the elections are coming up and, you know, all kinds of uh, fake news and even true news is coming at us and, and we're like, what is going to happen in the future here? And so it stresses us out. It, it, it affects us emotionally. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle it. Well, folks, if you ever realize that when a person has got their life in line with God and there, is, there, is, there virtually is no sin in their life because it's repented of, it's under the blood, and we're not practicing sin in our life. Yes, we're going to mess up. Yes, we're going to get angry and say something we shouldn't say, and thus grace and mercy kicks in, and it's time to repent about that and stay clean, stay clean before the Lord. But again, when we get to that level, folks, somebody needs to hear me in our audiences tonight. When we get to that level, fear is not going to have an effect on us. All right, let's talk about repentance. What is this repentive stuff? What does it really mean to repent? Now, most of us in our audience tonight has got an idea of what repentance is. You know, I'm, it's being sorry. You know, I'm sorry for what I've done. Well, again, let's let's go back to Webster, you know, the Bible and Webster. Uh, definition of, of repentance is a deep sorrow, a, a, a contorection, contorection for past sins, or cor- excuse me, I, I can't read tonight, a correction for past sin or wrongdoing or the regret for any past actions. Another another interpretation that I, or definition that I've read about true repentance is when you truly repent, it means to do an about face from what you were to where you need to go. It's turning your back on your old life of sin and shame and pointing your life or yourself toward God and victory. So, the question is, and, and, and again, we all realize, because we've all felt bad about something that we've done, we all understand that when we do something wrong, that's not a good thing. But here's what, the, here's what you need to understand about the Bible. The Bible says that to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So when we learn about something, perhaps that is a sin, we're held accountable. But any intelligent human being walking on the face of the earth absolutely can get the basics of what sin is, and sin has to be repented of. We cannot have sin in our life and the Spirit of God at the same time. It's oil and water. The Bible says what righteousness can 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 deal with unrighteousness can't stay, can't stay in the same place. What how how what fellowship have light with darkness? Light and darkness does not stay in the same room. You turn the power off, if you hear what I'm saying, you turn the power to the lights off and turn the light out, darkness prevails. But the second you turn the power on and turn the light on, darkness disappears. So it's a matter of making sure that the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is lit up in your life and darkness can't stay. It has to be gone. It's only when you turn the power of God off in your life and make the light of Jesus go out in your life that darkness of sin will prevail in your life. So is repentance necessary? Luke chapter 5 and verse 32, Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, Luke chapter 24 and verse number 47, Jesus told his disciples to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sin or sins in his name to all nations. 
So here we have two verses of Scripture found in the book of Luke that Jesus first in chapter 5 establishes the fact, I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. He's after you that has darkness in your life. Sin has prevailed in your life. That's why Jesus came to the face of the earth. And then in in several chapters later, in chapter 24, he goes and tells his disciples, here's what I need you to proclaim. Here's what I need you to preach, repentance and forgiveness of sins in his name to all nations. So obviously, it's necessary because Christ has put a priority on the fact of why he came to this earth and, two, told his disciples, go proclaim this. Now, repentance will again be a factor in receiving the forgiveness of our sins in Acts chapter 8 and verse 22. Acts chapter 8 and verse 22, the Bible says, repent therefore of this thy wickedness And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven you. So again, repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness. So again, here we have a command that we need to repent. So I'm really starting to get the idea here that repentance is definitely necessary. So we got to keep in mind that that the one who has not truly repented is if he or she had no intentions of changing the way that they're going, repentance is, again, turning around in our minds that the result is turning around in our body and in our spirit. So get that. Again, he came for that one that needs to truly repent but has sin in their life. And when we truly repent... It's that about face, not just in our intentions. Well, I intend to do better. I intend to go forth and 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 not commit sin, but we got to make our mind up. Now, I'm going to tell you, you folks, a, a real quick story because I've got so much material to cover here tonight, uh, but a real quick story. I, I have lost, uh, I started in two, May of 2010, it took me about a little over a year, and I dropped 160 pounds. I uh, got a little COVID weight on me, uh, which I am not happy with at all, and I'm working on it. Uh, however, here's the story I want to share with you, and that is uh, it's probably been about a year ago. I was preaching a crusade in Springfield, Missouri, got on the plane to come back to Dallas, And a bunch of ladies got on. And boy, they were just laughing and talking and having a good time. Well, one of them was seated next to me. And of course, we struck up a conversation. And they were an essential oil convention. And uh, this lady, uh, her story is, she lives in, in L.A. And she gave up her hypnosis practice to get into this essential oil. She made more money there. So I told her my story of getting my weight off, making up my mind and all that stuff. And then then I said, well, tell me a little bit more about being a hypnotist. And she said, well, what do you know? I said, well, if you get a pocket watch out and start swinging it back and forth, I'm not looking at it. She laughed. She goes, that's the TV version. And here's here's what I want to share with you. When she said, you did what people paid me to do for them. I said, okay. You went in, when people say, I want to quit smoking, I want to quit, I want to lose weight, uh, I want to do this, your, your, your conscious mind makes up that decision, I'm going to lose weight. Your subconscious, where your emotions are attached to, says, yeah, okay, sure, you'll be back. And people never turn the emotional tie off to the cigarette, to the drinking, to the pornography, to the, to the food. But she said, you did it by yourself. Obviously, she said, you woke up one day and made up your mind, you're done. And you turned the emotional switch off tied to the food that you used to eat to keep you gaining weight. And you lost weight. You And, and I haven't drank soda in 11 years now. 
and uh, I, I've got uh, I, I, d- I didn't drink coffee for three and a half years. The acidity was l- literally e- eating my guts up. But now I drink coffee, but moderately. And so again, folks, that's I want to tie that in to our podcast tonight. That maybe we come to God and we say, "Lord, I need to I need to ask you to forgive me of this sin, that sin, or this sin," but we're not really asking God to forgive us in the purpose of "I'm sorry enough to quit" and shut the emotional tie off that's attached to that sin. Am I making sense here tonight? That's why I really believe that Paul in the New Testament instructed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Go after the emotional tie in your mind to the sin that you keep committing and not getting victory over. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask or think of. That's how powerful God is. Now, here's the question. How powerful are you going to allow him to be in your life? So if we can truly just repent and shut the emotional tie off to the sin or the worldly pleasure that we have had in our life, then we can get victory over what has had us bound in the past. So again, it's not only necessary, it really is essential that we repent, make that commitment, and shut it down in our life so that we can live victoriously and blessed. All right? Now, in in the New Testament, and again, if you're if you're been to church any time at all, you're going to be familiar with what I'm talking about, and that is the the what is known as the birth of the church, the early church, the Acts chapter two church. In Acts chapter two, verses one through four, was the first initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon mankind after Christ died. They all, the Bible says there was 120 in an upper room, and they were there seven to 10 days praying and seeking uh, this promise that in Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you're going to be witnesses both in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria. And so uh, when it was poured out, it, it was noised abroad, the Bible says. Jews, devout men out of every nation, came together because they were in Jerusalem when this outpouring took place. Isn't God's timing just perfect? And they all came together and saw these people speaking in tongues and said, what in the world is going on? And Peter stood up and preached Jesus Christ and him crucified, told them that this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, here is the 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 really neat thing is when he got done preaching in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, look it up. They looked at him and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? One of the most important questions ever asked in humanity, what have I got to do? to be saved. Verse 38, and if you got a Bible laying around, grab it and and look it up with me. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent. Every one of you, amen, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, Again, repent is the first step. First, of course, the step before that is you got to have faith that this is going to happen. All right, you got to believe God. So, responding to the question of what shall we do, Peter gave them something to do: repent, true repentance, shutting off the emotional tie to the past and to the sins that we're addicted to, and get past that. This means that we must do something to be saved, not just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and poof, everything's good. No, we've got to have a buy-in. You know, we've, there's something that Christ is requiring us to do, and that is to repent to be able to be saved. So we must do something to follow Jesus. It just doesn't just happen, all right? Now, again, to, to repent let me rehearse this. 
does not mean just to feel sorry, but it means to change one's mind or direction. That we've got to get rid of it. Shut the emotional tie-off to the past. Okay? Now, repent to some may sound like a, a, a harsh word, uh, you know, that, you know, you hear the preacher up there, you need to repent, you sinners. Well, you know, that may be a little straightforward. However, it is not only straightforward, it is very, very true. We are all, the Bible says, David said, we're all born and shapen in iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. Nobody taught us how to lie. Nobody taught you how to steal. Nobody taught you how to cheat. It's a part of us and therefore requires repentance. So it's, it is an essential aspect of the gospel that repentance has been rightly called the first word of the gospel. Okay, when John the Baptist preached, uh, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, referencing Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. When Jesus began to preach, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, referencing Matthew 4 and 17. All right, we've got to take a quick break here and hear from one of our sponsors. Be right back. This is Marcus Snyder with MSC Marcus Snyder Connect. We are a marketing and media agency here in the DFW area. We offer social media management, photography, videography, graphics and design, and web design. You can contact us at 972-999-4104 or marcus at snyderconnect.com. Remember, your life, our business, your success. All right, all right. So MSC Connection, get a hold of Marcus Snyder, please. Anyway, uh, he's good at what he does, and he'll he'll give you a good deal. So uh, anyway, so let's go back to the subject now, true repentance. What is that? You know, is it necessary? Is it essential? We're asking those questions right now. So repentance, again, here's something else about repentance. Repentance must never, ever be thought of as something that we must do before we can come back to God. Repentance describes what's coming to God is. Okay? You can't turn toward God without turning from the things that he is against. Okay, let me let me let me say that one more time. You can't turn toward God without turning from the things that he is against, that he is not pleased with, and you know it. So again, before we can come back to God, repentance is really necessary because it requires a turning away from the past. And and folks, that means past pain that's causing you to do negative behavior. So in the same sense, the the word repent is a word of great hope because it says you don't have to continue the way that you've been doing or the way you've been going. You can turn to God and something many people desperately not only want but desperately needs in our world today. All right? Um, I'm going to give you seven steps. Seven steps to true repentance. might want to grab a pen uh, and a piece of paper real quick or grab your phone and uh, make some notes real quick. Seven steps to true repentance, okay? It's not just, you know, God, I'm sorry I, I punched Johnny in the face when I was six. It's number one, the first thing, as I mentioned a moment ago, step number one in seven steps to true repentance is believe in the mercy of God, okay? The mercy of God. Folks, you got to realize something. God is able and just to forgive you of all your sin. That's scripture. He is able and just to forgive you of all your sin. So we need to understand that that the Bible also says that the mercy of God endureth forever. We also need to understand that that not only mercy but grace. Paul said his grace is sufficient. 
So there is no place you've gone, no no depth that you've gotten to. There's no sin so gross that God cannot forgive you. I want you to live victorious. I want you to live on a uh, church term on fire for God. But first, you've got to believe in God's mercy, that God is merciful, and he will forgive you no matter where you are right now. Number two is define the sin. Okay, you have not because you've asked not, you've asked amiss. You need to be really specific and saying, God, I am really sorry. I Forgive me, and then name that thing out be defiant, or not defiant, but definitive of the sin that you're asking God to forgive you of. Number three, tell God you're sorry. Pour out your regrets and sin with a humble heart, a heartfelt sincerity, perhaps even with tears. Because folks, this is a make or break. Let me tell you something. It's a make or break. All right? Number four is determined to live victoriously from that moment on. Seven steps to true repentance is when you repent. Now, folks, here's something that I want to share with you, and I'm going to tell you a little a little story of of uh, back in our evangelism days when we traveled as an evangelist. The Bible says, "There's therefore now no condemnation." Romans chapter twelve, verse I think it's verse one, verse two. Uh, there is therefore no now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Okay, God, when the minute you ask God, Lord, I'm sorry. It's heartfelt. It's humble. You you mean it with everything in you. God forgives you. Boom, done. Here's what we've got to realize: you need to forgive yourself of your past. You keep holding yourself guilty, and you have. Can I be plain? You have no right to do that to yourself. You are not God. But I feel so bad of what I do. I get it. I understand. Been there. Okay? But you still have to forgive yourself because if you don't forgive yourself, you're going to be under condemnation. See, God gives conviction and flesh or the devil gives condemnation. You're not condemned you got to get forgiven of your sin. So be determined to live victorious by releasing yourself in forgiveness of the past from that moment on. Number five, as you feel the burden lift, then begin to thank him for his forgiveness. Folks, you know, sometimes we just got to thank God. We don't see it. We don't. We, we haven't heard it. We, we, we have no evidence that it's there, but we're going to thank God anyway. So when you feel that burden of sin starting to lift, when you finally get release that to God and say, Lord, here I am. Forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. And that burden starts lifting off to you. Then you need to start rejoicing and thanking God. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. Thank you for taking this weight of sin off of me. All right? Number six is what Jesus told the prostitute when he forgave her of her sin, and that is go and sin no more. Now, we're human. We're we're gonna make mistakes. You know, we're gonna we're gonna flub up. However, we gotta get rid. We cannot go back to the where we were before. We can't go back to what God has delivered us out of. So we need to make it up our mind, purpose in our heart, go and sin no more. Okay? Go and sin no more. Number seven, the final step in seven steps of true repentance is determined, determined to receive the power to overcome such as is found in Acts chapter two. Now, verse chapter two and verse 38 in the, in the response to the question of men and brethren, what shall we do? Again, the first thing Peter said was to repent. And again, repent, get rid of it, complete moral reformation, complete change of attitude, complete change of mind. But then he gives he gives two more steps for us to be able to go 
uh, determined to receive the power to overcome as in Acts chapter 2. And then he said in verse 38, and be baptized every one of you for the remission of your sin, in Jesus' name, for the remission of your sins. Now, remission means cancellation. In medical terms, remission means it has no more power. If someone has cancer and the doctor examines them after perhaps maybe some treatment or whatever, and the doctor said the cancer has gone in remission, that means that the cancer is no longer tearing your body up. It no longer has any effect on your body. The Bible says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Therefore, sin, when you're baptized, is not going to have the It's going in remission. It will not have any power over, over you if you will not allow the power to be, be determined to be an overcoming power as in Acts chapter 2. And of course, the third step that Peter said is to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, one more, one more further step. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So again, folks, that's, that's how we're going to live overcoming. Now, in, in the last little bit of time that we have, and we've got another, another sponsor to hear from, I want us. I, I'm going to bring about some material that I gave Sunday about the crown of favor. What I preached about, and again, I I, I want to encourage you to go to facebook.com forward slash src Irving, our church page, and look that up for this past Sunday, and watch it, listen to it, digest it. Okay. Uh, nutshell version of of that. Uh, of that message is the fact that uh, my text or my foundation was from 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 13 and 14, where Samuel said to Paul, uh, Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And so in this message, we made a comparison of King Saul, not not Saul of, uh, of Tarsus of the New Testament, but Saul, son of Kish, who was chosen to be the first king of Israel. And, and when you look at the life of Saul and the life of David, it's amazing that they both were young sons and both came from the shepherd's field. They both, as a boy, was a, moder, uh, a modest shepherd boy and was chosen from the back 40 she, uh, uh, herding sheep to be king of Israel. Now, uh, in, in Saul's younger years, he, they, they, you know, the Bible describes him as a, a nice-looking man. He was humble. He had self-control, and, and he's doing really good. But then maybe the position got to his head. He became king of Israel their first king of Israel. Then all of a sudden, something happened. He became self-willed, disobedient, jealous, and full of hate. He became superstitious. And then the final chapter of Saul's life is he committed suicide in the battlefield. Now, every king in the Old Testament was assigned a prophet. Samuel was the prophet of God in Saul's life or kingship. Uh, that prophet was the voice of God. That prophet was the guiding light for that king. In, in David's reign as king, it was a prophet called Nathan. Okay, 
And so there was conflict with Samuel and Saul uh, because Saul was self-willed. Saul was disobedient. Saul uh, had a big head and wouldn't listen to his prophet. And so he disobeyed. He disobeyed God's word. And when here's what I want to get to, uh, and that is in his disobedience and in his pride, he lost what was very precious to him, and that is being king over God's people. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 17 through 19, the Bible says, so Samuel said, uh, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord sent, uh, uh, now the Lord has sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. Verse 19, here's a question. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoils and do evil in the sight of the Lord? You know, Samuel's like, Dude, what are you doing? You you got everything laid out here. Why God said this and you did this. Verse 22 and verse 23. Here's what I really want to bring out and this is Samuel's repentance of disobeying God. So Samuel in verse 22, Samuel said, "Has the Lord our great uh, excuse me, has the Lord as great burnt in offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord?" Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to lead or heed than the the fat of the rams. Now, here's where Samuel drops the shoe on Saul. In verse 23, he said, For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, so also has rejected you... He has also rejected you from being king. Now, we're going to go to a a, a real quick sponsor break, but I I want to give you verses uh, 24 and 25, the same chapter. Now, he repented, but he repented out of fear of losing his status. Listen to the attitude in verse 24 and 25. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I fear the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon me or pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. Okay, I'm going to give you a second to think about that. We'll be back. Getaway Cruise Agency has the thing for you. An adventure. What better way to resolve cabin fever than getting away on a fantastic ocean liner? Relaxing, enjoying beautiful nights on the ocean and seeing the world. Summer is gone and fall has arrived. Now is the time to plan your next getaway vacation. You can schedule a cruise or you can travel America. Seeing things and places you have never seen before. Where do you want to travel? Contact Getaway Cruise and we will begin looking for your next great adventure away from home. The cruise lines are preparing their adventure ships for you. The adventure trains are ready to roll down the tracks into the Grand Canyon. The river boats are ready to cruise up and down the Mississippi River to towns you have never seen. Yes, in America there are towns and cities waiting for you to arrive. They are cleaning, sanitizing, painting everything so that your adventure can be safe, memorable, and stress-free. You will not have to worry about a thing. We have got your back. Get ready to sail in 2021. Royal Caribbean is offering 60% off of the second passenger and the kids 12 and under can sail for free. Contact us at getawaywithjcy at gmail.com today for more information. Let's talk about getting away. At Getaway Cruise Agency, we are here to give you the most memorable vacation you could ever imagine. And remember at Getaway Cruise Agency, we can get you to where you want to go and to places you never have thought of before. Again, please contact us at getawaywithjcy at gmail.com or go to www.getawaycruiseagency.com. Thank you. 
All right, so uh, we're back, and uh, go see our friends at uh, at Getaway Cruise. It's uh, a great place, and they will give you a great deal. All right, so before our little sponsor break, there we talked about Saul's repentive deal. Okay, now again, I hope you listen to the attitude in verse twenty four and twenty five, where Saul said to Samuel, "I have sinned." For I have transgressed. Now, at least he admitted he sinned. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words because I fear the people and obeyed their voice. I listened to the people instead of God. Now, therefore, please pardon me or pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. Now, here's something I just I'm just thought, just I'm just going to put it out there and, and uh, see what you think. Please pardon me my sin. Should he not say, forgive my sin? Not just pardon. Yeah, yeah, maybe pardon and forgive could be the same thing. But we're talking about sincerity, folks. We're talking about the humble heart. We're talking about meaning what you're saying. And now he says, and return with me that I may worship the Lord. He wants to go back to Israel and worship the Lord in front of Israel. Is that is that something that is being seen in front of everybody? Is it a status thing? Just again, just thought. I'm just going after your your brain right now. Now, that was Saul. That was King Saul. Now let's take a look at David. And and, and David was chosen by God to reign over Israel when Saul messed up. Now it wasn't an immediate transition. Okay, send, uh, Saul, you're out. David, you're in. And you know the the movers came the next day. It was a transition over a few years because uh, in in David's earlier years, again he was the uh, he he spent time on his father's farm, youngest of eight sons, and while shepherding his father's sheep, uh, he showed great courage. He fought off the lion and the bear from attacking the sheep. And while shepherd, while a shepherd, he was divinely chosen by God. He was on the back 40 shepherding uh, the sheep, herding the sheep. And here comes Samuel to say, God has chosen you to be king of the next king of Israel and poured the oil over his head and anointed him right there. And, and so uh, then he went on and defeated Goliath. As a boy, he fought a man that stood nine feet high, fully equipped and trained in military. This boy put him down with a slingshot and a bag of rocks, okay? Uh, Then he became Saul's uh, musician. He played music for Saul because, again, remember in the early of the podcast, we talked last week. We talked about the emotions and mental health and all of that. And when we try to carry all this sin and all of this mess and this worry, and and, oh, I lied here and I lied to them and I lied to these people, and I hope I don't get caught. Worry, 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 stress, stress, stress. That was Saul because he knew he messed up. And he knew he lost favor with God. He's lost his kingship, and the man is about to break. So he hires uh, David to come in and play his harp to try to soothe his nerves so he can survive. Probably the reason why he ended up falling on his sword in the middle of a battlefield and committing suicide. But then Saul caught on that David was the man. David was chosen to be the next king of Israel, and not only his hatred, but his jealousy caused David to be a fugitive. Then he becomes king. Now, uh, here's something that's amazing, because I want you to see Saul, and I want you to see David, and I want you to see the power of repentance and sincerity in their lives, especially that of David, all right? His years of king in 2 Samuel chapter 5, David captures Jerusalem from the fiercely independent Canaanite tribe of the Jezebites in uh, 1004 BC. He moves his capital to Jerusalem and lives in the fortress of Zion, which he calls the city of David. 
Another accomplishment of David is he brought the Ark of the Covenant of God to the city of David. David is also recorded with military victories and enlargement of the kingdom, just crazy amount of wars. He won not only as king of Israel, but he was in the battlefield fighting with his army. But then something happened. And what happened is Bathsheba. Uh, here's the story, and here's how I like to kind of share the thought of what happened in David's life. David, David, you got to understand, when you study the life of David, David's purpose was was battlefield, warfare. He was a man of war. That's what God used him as. That was his calling. That was his purpose is that he went to war. I mean, after all, the Bible describes him as a scrawny, a skinny, fair-skinned, ruddy child going out to defeat Goliath, the Philistine's champion, and a nine-foot giant, he put him down with a bag of rocks. So again, you can see at an early age that that uh, victory and military and war was in his blood. So that was his calling. And so he became weary uh, on the battlefield, he said, guys, I'm, I'm headed to the house. Uh, I got to rest. So he went home and went out on the balcony. There's Bathsheba bathing. He lusted after her, wanted to be with her. She's a married woman to a man named Uriah. Uh, he had to get her out of the him out of the way, so he sent Uriah to the front lines knowing he was not trained in battle, and he was killed. So he slept with Bathsheba. He uh, had Uriah killed. Now he's committed adultery. He has committed murder. Then along comes his prophet by the name of Nathan. Nathan came in and told him a little story about a rich man and a poor man. And the poor man having the one ewe lamb. And he, the rich man took it. David became angry. According to my law, this man ought to die. Nathan said, David, thou art the man. You took Bathsheba and she didn't belong to you. When judgment came on David, I want you to watch what happens in Psalm 51. Not just a verse, but 17 verses. Now, I'm going to share Psalm 51, 1 through 17. We've got about six minutes or four minutes left in our in our time together, but here it goes. Here's what he said, and, and I can imagine he was in the throne room when Nathan came and, and pronounced judgment. So right there on the throne of the king of Israel, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Watch this. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me against you and you only. There's the placement. He's got it right. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when a when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you are you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Here, make me uh, hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit, or uh, excuse me, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. O God, the, the God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, upon my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise, for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. 
You do not delight in burnt offerings. You see the comparison to Saul, all right? The sacrifices of God, here it is, are of a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. David repented correctly. David repented with the right attitude, the right aim, and he purposed, I'm going to blot out my transgression. I want you to note he said against thee and thee only. He wasn't worried about Israel. He wasn't worried about what the kingdom thought about him. He was worried about what God thought about him. That's the point, ladies and gentlemen, in true repentance. True repentance always is our approach to bringing the favor of God into our life. Before we go, Here's one thing that we got, and I'm out of time. We got to go. Paul said, I die daily. We got to repent every day. God bless, and we will see you soon. Joining True North Podcast with Pastor Snyder. If you have any questions, please email him at pastor at srcdfw.com. Join us on our social media at facebook.com forward slash srcdfw.com. Irving or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash true north podcast. You can always check out our website at srcdfw.com. We would love for you to be our guest at Salt Rock Church at 118 West Irving Boulevard, Irving, Texas, in downtown Irving. Be blessed of God, and we will see you next time right here on True North Podcast.